Thanks for downloading this episode of On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to part two of our two-part series on Google Analytics with Justin Catroni. Um, Justin has written two books. Uh, the first is Google Analytics, published by O'Reilly. This is a, um, a book for advanced users. And uh, he wrote another book called Performance Marketing with Google Analytics, which is more for basic user, basic uh, Google Ana- Analytics users. And if you don't want to read the book, you can attend his seminars for success. He is with a firm called Cardinal Path. They are one of... I think one or two or a handful of firms that's actually certified by Google to teach a series of workshops on analytics and AdWords. Uh, Justin, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Excited to be here. And I'm uh, looking forward to continuing the conversation we had uh, in episode one. Um, so let's start uh, by talking uh, about um, you know different traffic sources. And let's exclude paid search at this point. Um, talk to us about referral search and direct traffic sources. Uh, what are they and how do you get the most marketing value out of each one? Sure. Um, those are the, the great question. And, um, you know, we talked about this in part one of understanding where your traffic's coming from. That That's critical. And uh, one of the defaults, we call them segments or buckets of traffic that Google Analytics will identify is what we call direct traffic. And uh, direct traffic literally is people coming directly to your website. Um, and you know, direct traffic can be a really good vector in terms of understanding the volume of traffic uh, that is you know, more or less brand related. These are people that are literally typing in www.yourwebsite.com into a browser and coming to your website. So, um, you know, these people have had some type of exposure to you. And one thing that we do with direct traffic is we usually like to segment it, meaning we usually like to drill into it a little bit more um, to understand it a little bit better. And again, because people literally have to type in your domain name to, uh, to come to your website, directly, um, we'll often segment by geographic region. Uh, and the reason we'll do that is to potentially understand maybe some offline activity. If you're a larger organization and you're doing um, some type of offline promotions like television or radio, or maybe you're hosting events in a certain geographic region, um, one thing that we might do is to uh, segment our direct traffic based on city or state. In order to see, is there any correlation between, uh, you know, where we may be doing offline marketing and traffic, you know, coming into the website? So uh, that that's a that's one of the things that we like to do uh, with direct traffic is segmented by, um, uh, obviously segmented by uh, geography. Now, referring websites, referring websites are fascinating. Uh, this is a place where you can really get lost in the data. Uh, a referring website is a website that literally has a link back to your website. And uh, with referrals, um, we sometimes have expectations. For example, you might have 
have a partner um, or an affiliate that you're expecting to drive a lot of traffic to your website. So if you go into the traffic sources section of uh, Google Analytics, the incoming sources subsection, and you look at your referrals report, you'll literally see this giant long list of domain names. And these are all of the domains that have a link back to your site. And so again, when I go into this report, the first thing I'm thinking about is, what am I expecting to see? What uh, organizations do I have a relationship with? Who am I expecting to drive traffic to my website? And I'm looking for those domains in here. Uh, and I'm looking to see, are they driving the traffic that I'm expecting? And more importantly, I might also uh, look at how many conversions or how much revenue is coming from uh, those other websites. Uh, so those are the, the things that I'm looking for. Now, the other thing I always look for in, uh, in this refor- report is unexpected things. Like, are there any domains in here that I didn't expect to see? And uh, very often you'll need to look before the fir- beyond the first 10, 15, or 20 rows and, uh, to try to explore some of this data. Um, so, you know, why am I getting traffic from, uh, you know, domain X or domain Y? And what is this website? Um, you know, and, and who is it? It may be that uh, there's all of a sudden a new referring website to my site that might be from someone that's influential in my industry. And uh, they might have wrote a blog post about me. And so maybe I might approach them and talk to them about how how we might be able to work together or they might be able to drive more traffic. Um, so in addition to looking for the things that I'm expecting, I'm looking for those domains that I'm not expecting uh, as potential business opportunities and, and new partners that I might be able to work with in the future. Talk to us about advanced segments. Why are they so powerful? Uh, so advanced segments are awesome. And uh, I think you know anyone that's doing analytics uh you know if you're a beginner um you should ev- you should start looking at them now and the reason is that segment advanced segmentation allows you to literally on the fly filter all of the data in Google Analytics every report in real time can get filtered. So if you really want to understand a marketing campaign, if you really want to understand mobile traffic, if you really want to understand um, you know, people coming from Zimbabwe, you can create an advanced segment which will literally filter every report in real time based on the criteria that you define um, so that you can you know, understand that segment of traffic deeply. And the whole idea behind analytics is to focus on segments, identify which ones are performing well, and try to get more people to do that, or identify uh, segments that are not performing well and fix them. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about mobile in the past, um, you know, but you may want to focus in, focus in on traffic coming from a certain marketing campaign um, and understand, well, what content did they look at? Um, you know, how many visits did they make to the site? So advanced segmentation, uh, again, allows you to create basically a real-time filter uh, based on some criteria and then understand the behavior of those people. All right. Are you ready for this? So as you know, I've given you access to my Google Analytics for my corporate site, ericschwartzman.com. So don't embarrass me too bad, okay? But what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to give me a critique of what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, and what I should stop doing altogether. <laughs> well, let's see. Let me uh, put pick up uh, – uh, uh, take a look here. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking and I'm seeing some traffic. All right. 
uh, and I'm seeing I'm looking for uh, the last 30 days, mid uh, mid to late March to mid to late April, and I'm just going to start with some really high numbers. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to do before I, I I talk about this is I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, why do you have this website? What is this website supposed to do for you, Eric? So I'm a consultant, and I mm-hmm. provide three basic services. Mm-hmm. Um, I work uh, helping organizations with strategy. I work um, augmenting teams as a subject matter expert um, for implementation. And then I do a fair amount of training where I work with uh, external marketing professionals to help them figure out how to integrate uh, online communications, social media, online marketing into their outreach portfolio. Got it. Okay. And so basically, you, your website is there to promote your brand, uh, promote your expertise, and to ultimately generate uh, business leads for you. That's true. I also have, I also teach a course. And I do have a landing page to sign up for that course. So there actually is an e-commerce transaction. And then the other thing I've got is I've got the newsletter that I try mm-hmm. to get people to sign up for. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to just start taking a poke at some of these numbers here. And, uh, uh, you know, the first thing I notice is uh, you're getting about – you got about 3,000 visits in the last month. And so, uh, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep, but I would love to know year over year is that increasing? Right? Is that going up? Are you are you generating more traffic to the website year over year? Um, I also noticed that you have about twenty five hundred unique visitors. Right, so that means that twenty five hundred people uh, created twenty nine hundred visits. So people don't really come back to your website. Uh, they're one and done. And so uh, they find your website, they're not really engaged. They learn a little bit about you, and then they don't come back again. So it seems like you really have one opportunity to get them to convert. Um, You're getting a lot of people to the website that have never been there before, uh, over 80%. So uh, I would, you know, ask you a question about, you know, does this kind of, uh, jive with your strategy of being a subject matter expert? Are you trying to really just attract a new audience or engage them? And I would say that you know you might want to consider trying to engage with the audience, bring people back. Uh, you may not convince them after one visit that you are the man and you are the man. Um, so you may want to think about maybe some type of content to keep bringing them back to the website, engaging with them and, and showing uh, how awesome you are. So it's a uh, great so- point. It's a great point. So I have two separate domains where I do that. I have the domain for this podcast on the recordpodcast.com and then I have another domain spinfluencer.com which is my blog. So that's kind of where you know I share content and engage. I don't really do it on the mm-hmm. corporate site. Is that a mistake? Would would you rather see the blog and the podcast at ericschwartzman.com? Well, you know, that blog probably has a lot of really juicy content that's awesome for SEO. And if you kind of, you know, I, I you know, I I'm a I personally like to have one kind of hub uh, for for me and for, and for all of my content because I can leverage that um, through SEO really well. Once I start to distribute and put a lot of things around, um, it can get challenging uh, in terms of uh, you know search engine optimization. So you may want to think about um, you know potentially pulling it in, um, but. You know, it's probably not hurting you. I'm I'm digging in here now, looking at the keywords, and I notice a lot of your keywords are brand related. A lot of Eric's in there, 
uh, Eric Schwartzman, your name, social media. Uh, so it looks like, uh, you know, probably about half of your top 10 keywords are, 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 are you related, but I'm also seeing some other good stuff in there like social media policy template. So you are getting some good traffic from more subject matter type stuff. So, so I'm happy to, happy to see that. Um, one thing, uh, I would want to know, and I'm not sure if you've got it set up is, how many conversions? Oh, great. So I just jumped into your conversions report, and I see now that's some that's new. I, I just started that, so uh, that wasn't up there until like a couple weeks ago. So that's great. So I, I see here, I see 18 uh, conversions um, uh, over the last 30 days, uh, and uh, I see you've got a couple of different types of conversions in here. You've got a newsletter conversion for people signing up for your newsletter. I love that. I think that's great. Um, newsletters are an awesome way to stay engaged, and obviously uh, having people sign up for them on your website is a great way to continuously grow your list when you're not there. So I see a bunch of conversions there. That's awesome. Uh, and then I see a second goal that you have set up about... Um, uh, registrations for it looks like some type of training event. So right. this is um, the new training event page. Perfect, right? So so that's good as well. So uh, you know, obviously no conversions there yet, but uh, I, I I would want to see that. Um, you know, I might also say, do you have a generic contact form on your website? I would want to know uh, how many leads are coming in there, and then you should be doing that same thing on your blog, right? So you should be measuring on your blog uh, how many uh, contacts am I getting uh, from uh, from people using. Uh, Using the blog, so so this is great to see that you have these goals set up. Uh, you know, I would jump now back into the traffic sources section to see where are those conversions coming from, uh, and I would ask you, uh, is that uh, your goal or is that the plan? Right. So, uh, are you expecting to get conversions from certain referring websites? Uh, any marketing activities that you're doing? Um, uh, you know, how well are those performing? So, so those so- are. So, Two things off the top of my head. So what about mobile now? For yeah. my site, looking at my site, what should my mobile strategy be? Or should I not even worry about mobile? Well, right now you've got less than uh, just about 3% of your traffic is coming from mobile. That's really not a lot. Um, so I really wouldn't be too concerned about it right now. One thing I would look at is your blog. Um, uh, I would, I would check out and see how much mobile traffic are you getting for your blog. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, the, there the low hanging fruit is, uh, is it going up? I can almost guarantee you it's going up and how well easy is your blog to read on mobile devices and which mobile devices? Well, I'd use the mobile report to see which ones are the most popular iPads, iPhones, Android devices. Um, and that could be a real easy way to just maybe slip in a mobile template. So if you're using WordPress or some other, uh, you know, system like that, there's a lot of easy ways to quickly, uh, create a mobile theme. Uh, and make it a lot easier for mobile users to enjoy your content. So I'm looking at nine percent on the blog. Would you mm. be? Is that is that enough to warrant uh, getting serious about? Uh, I did. I I chose a mobile theme with a lot less than that um, because I I was you know I definitely feel like mobile is going to continue to increase rapidly, uh, especially the smartphone market. Um, uh, and uh, for me as a WordPress user, it was pretty easy for me to go out there and find uh, just a plugin that would uh, instantly create a mobile theme for me. So uh, you know I think it's a little bit of weighing how much pain is it going to be, but ten percent that's a pretty good amount. Well, thanks for not beating me up too bad there on the uh, on the public critique. <laughs> Hope it was helpful. How to see which content on your site is most valuable, multi-channel funnels, and Google Analytics version 5. Stay with us. 
This January 2011, Paul Gillen and Eric Schwartzman bring you the first book devoted exclusively to B2B social media communications. Packed with business-to-business case studies and applied knowledge, Social Marketing to the Business Customer is the most comprehensive collection of B2B social media marketing guidance ever assembled. B2B markets are driven by value and relationships. That's very different from B2C markets. This book's a hands-on guide. It walks business people step-by-step through the process of using social media to find and engage business customers and ultimately drive more revenue. Social Marketing to the Business Customer is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and Borders. Or buy it at our show blog at ontherecordpodcast.com. Also available for iPad and Kindle. Now, how would you use Google Analytics to see what type of content your visitors find most valuable? So that's a great question. And, um, you know, I think we need to, first of all, define, well, what is valuable? Um, And, you know, if you're a publisher, uh, valuable is, you know, how many people are looking at it, how long are they spending on it, um, uh, you know, and and how sticky is it. If you're a commerce provider, um, then, you know, valuable might be, uh, you know, how is it influencing transactions and how is it um, driving conversions. So, um, you know, I think, you know, some of the basic things publishers do are measuring how many people are looking at these pages, how much time are they spending on it, um, and, uh, you know, how does that obviously merge with what am I trying to do to promote it? So you can do really simple things like looking looking at the content section of reports, um, the pages report. It gives you literally a list of all your contents, and uh, if you're a publisher, you know you publish publication schedule, you know how you're promoting these pages, whether you're putting them on uh, the front page of your site, if you're putting them in newsletters. Um, but you can look at things like how much time are people spending on these, uh, on these, on these pages to understand are they sticky, uh, do people enjoy looking at them. Um, now, if you're an e-commerce provider, the value of content really starts to transform a bit and it becomes are these pages helping me generate revenue? And this is another really great place where you can use an advanced segment. And uh, Google, in its infinite wisdom, uh, created a number of what we call default advanced segments. These are advanced segments that have already been created for everybody. So all of your users already have them. And uh, if you look at some of the default advanced segments that they created for you, uh, there are some like visits with conversions or visits with transactions. And so what these advanced segments do for you is they filter on the fly and show you, uh, for example, visits with a transaction. And why is this useful? Well, when you apply this segment, all of a sudden, all of your content reports are instantly filtered by um, uh, by uh, that criteria of the person must have transacted in order for you to be looking at this visit. So when I'm looking at content reports and I have this advanced segment applied, I can really start to understand this is the content that drives people to convert. And some of the pages are going to be really obvious, right? You'll see your shopping cart pages in there, like your billing page, your shipping page, your thank you pages. Um, 
but you'll also find a lot of other pages uh, that you may not expect. For example, maybe your corporate governance page or your green initiatives page. Um, so those, you know, looking through the list of content pages for visit to convert, you can start to look for things again that are unexpected, things that are not product pages or maybe category pages or checkout pages, but other pieces of content um, that were very popular during visits that c- converted. And again, it gives you a little bit of insight into the behavior of what's getting people to convert. Now, again, this report, you're going to see a lot of common things like your checkout pages, product pages, but try to look for some of those gems that you might not be expecting. Now, tell us about these new multi-channel funnels. Uh, I know you uh, were on a panel up at AdTech and uh, you wrote a blog post about it. We'll actually have a link to that blog post in the show notes. Uh, But why are they generating so much interest? Yeah, so uh, I should preface this by preface this by saying that the multi-channel funnel reports, uh, which were announced by Google at AdTech, are a limited pilot feature. So you're not going to see this in your account. Um, there's no timeline uh, for when it will be rolled out. This is something that Google is uh, releasing in very limited quantities to try to understand uh, a little bit more how people are using it and maybe tweak it uh, before releasing it to the masses. And multi-channel funnels are Google's first attempt at uh, basically campaign attribution. Um, you know, I, a lot of analytics tools use uh, what we call last-click attribution modeling. Uh, basically, when someone converts, when they buy a product or when they submit a lead form, the credit for that conversion goes to the last source of traffic that brought the person to the website. And in reality, you know, we're working in lots of different channels. We're working in social media. We're working in display ads. We're working in email. We're doing paid search. And how these different channels interact is very complicated. Um, but we do know that they interact. We do know that people get touched by multiple channels. And we want to understand where the overlap is and potentially how the combination of these things uh, influence um, uh, conversions for our business. And that's what multi-channel funnels does for uh, marketing people. It helps us understand where the channels overlap, the resulting conversions from those channels, and it even allows us to drill down deeper and understand literally every touch point on the way to conversion. So um, this is uh, this is a really exciting uh, feature. Uh, it's very encouraging to see Google tackling something that's really pretty complicated. A lot of businesses don't have r- valid attribution models yet, um, uh, and here Google is kind of coming up with a uh, you know a, a starting point. So um, I would definitely encourage people to watch some of the videos uh, that are out there. Google put a couple videos out. Um, I feel that my blog post does a fairly good job of uh, explaining the value. Um, But this is good. I think in the long term, this feature, these reports will evolve uh, for the masses and it will help us all become more marketing, more savvy marketers by understanding channel interactions. Right. Um, And, you know, you've actually embedded those uh, Google videos introducing multi-channel funnels in your blog post. So um, any listeners, if you just go to ontherecordpodcast.com and click on the link over to um, Justin's blog, you can watch those videos as well. Um, You know, Facebook Insights uh, keeps adding more information. um, And I guess it's one thing to be able to use multi-channel funnels to see, you know, if someone comes from Facebook versus uh, a paid ad versus uh, a newsletter, but it's not really going to give you insight into, you know, 
what's getting them to click through from Facebook. You'd still have to go to Facebook insights or to the native measurement of that other channel. Right. I mean, do you see a, a day when this is all coming together? I know Overture's got something like that. Um, well, so, so there are, there are a couple of things that you can do. Uh, you're, you're right. One of the gaping holes in multi-channel funnels right now is, um, is understanding what we call the view through, right? And a lot of times people will engage with you or be exposed to your brand, but they won't react. And uh, I think Facebook's a great example, right? You, you Obviously, you might follow a brand on Facebook or uh, a banner ad, right? You might see a banner ad for something, but you don't click on it, um, but maybe you respond to something later. So that kind of whole notion of, you know, there's that data of being exposed to things but not reacting – that's not built into multi-channel funnels, um, but that will be something that needs to be addressed by all marketers. And again, we're not quite there. Now, in the scenario that you talked about in terms of understanding you know, what someone actually clicked on, um, there's this neat feature in Google Analytics called campaign tracking. And campaign tracking uh, is uh, – it's actually something that's in every analytics tool, but it gives you the ability to literally identify every link that you put out there on the internet, whether it's a link in an email or a link in a tweet or a link in a banner ad, and identify traffic coming from that link. And so I, I definitely encourage – everyone that's listening to learn a little bit more about uh, this process called link tagging. Um, it's also called campaign tracking um, because it's really one of the most useful things and it allows you to identify, like I said, literally you can identify every individual tweet and the traffic coming from all of those individual tweets or postings on Facebook or um, all the different variations of your banner ads uh, you know, and identify all of that traffic inside of Google Analytics coming to your site. Now, um, I actually uh, found out about you from a new podcast, which is one of my new favorites. It's called Beyond Web Analytics. It's hosted by Adam Greco and Rudy Shampert. And uh, you guested on that show, and you talked about Google making uh, version 5 of analytics available. Uh, you did a really helpful video on, uh, which is like a demo uh, on YouTube, and we'll embed that in the uh, show notes as well if anyone wants to watch this eight-minute uh, a demo of um, Google version, uh, Google Analytics version five that Justin did. Just hop on over to the uh, website. But give us, if you would, an overview. You know, uh, what are the major changes we should be aware of? And then, you know, if somebody wants a real deep dive on Google Analytics v5, I'm going to have a link to episode 44 of Beyond Web Analytics, this other interview you did. So what we'll try to do is complement that interview rather than, you know, repeat it. Yeah, great. And, uh, you know, I think uh, what we've talked about uh, has definitely been a, a little bit different. Um, so the new version of Google Analytics, uh, Google Analytics version 5, uh, uh, it looks very different. So if you've been using Google Analytics for a while, the first thing you'll notice is that the, the UI has gotten a refresh. Um, but I don't want to start there. I actually want to start under the hood. And uh, this is something that Google stressed to us uh, in their announcement of this, uh, this uh, new version, is that there was a substantial infrastructure change an enhancement to the new version of Google Analytics. Um, you know, they didn't get into a lot of details, but it's more powerful, it's faster, it can really chunk through a lot of data, um, and it gives them the ability to scale and to build out new features a lot faster. So while there's some really neat new things in version 5, uh, this is really a launching pad, and I think 2011 is going to be a very, very exciting year for Google Analytics because they can innovate and change the product faster. So, so I think that's 
uh, a real important takeaway. Um, with that said, there are some uh, neat new little things. Um, you know, first and foremost, you've got new dashboards. Uh, the previous version of Google Analytics had a you know a kind of customizable dashboard, but now you can literally create uh, twenty dashboards for yourself, uh, and the customization of these dashboards is much better. You can put uh, different visualizations on there, all sorts of data to again create a custom uh, custom place where it's only the metrics that you want to see so that you can get a real easy read on how your business is doing. Along those lines of customization, uh, there is a fairly revamped custom reporting tool. And this is actually my favorite new feature uh, or enhanced feature in Google Analytics. Um, you can build your own custom reports. So any report that might not be in Google Analytics or you know might not be exactly the way you want it, you can customize uh, and build almost any report in Google Analytics for yourself. So between a custom dashboard and the custom reports, the customization is pretty insane now, which is great because you don't have to get lost in all of those reports. You can build out some customizations that meet exactly your measurement needs or your reporting needs and not deal with all of the other uh, junk that's in there. Um, in addition to that, uh, there was uh, you know some changes to the admin section, the layout of it. Um, a fairly substantial change to admin is uh, your ability to track conversions based on something that we call events. Uh, if you're an advanced user, you might be using this feature called event tracking. Um, we use events to track things like widgets and and how people interact with video players, um, basically on-page interactions. And uh, we can now track these as conversions. And uh, they've also released a couple of uh, really neat visualization tools, one of which is uh, uh, Word Clouds. So if you've ever done any type of keyword analysis and you've used Word Clouds, there's a Word Cloud-based uh, Word Cloud built into uh, some of the keyword reports in Google Analytics. So um, there's definitely enough eye candy in there to, to keep even the most savvy user happy. Um, uh, but I really think uh, in the next, uh, you know, what is it, seven months we have less than this year, uh, there could be some radical changes based on the architecture that they introduced under the hood. Um, you know, we have some fantastic interviews uh, coming up. So uh, if you're listening and you're not subscribing, uh, you probably want to hop over, hop on over to iTunes um, and subscribe there. Or you can uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, friend us on Facebook, um, or just subscribe via email. But um, I, I did an interview with uh, the um, head of internal comms at Avery Dennison and then a member of the communications team at John Hopkins about how they're using social networks behind the firewall for internal communications, which was really an interesting interview. Um, so that's going to be coming up. Also, uh, we're going to be at the Digital Impact Conference in New York City, uh, which is going to be keynoted by Sean Carlson. He's the manager of news industry relations at Google. He's the Google News guy. And then Adam Sohn, who's senior director of public influencer relations at Microsoft, and he works at Bing. Um, so we're going to have those guys as well as a number of other um, speakers at the conference uh, coming up. And we're now in our eighth installment of the B2B social media podcast, which is a separate format. It's a panel discussion with myself, Paul, and um, one or two B2B online marketing specialists. We're uh, sort of piloting that program on this feed. Uh, but if you subscribe to the feed, you'll get those shows as well. And if you missed episode one of our series on Google Analytics with Justin Catroni, by all means, you know, get on over to the uh, show, show blog and, and download it. Justin, thanks so much for your time. My pleasure, Eric. It was really fun to be here. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman. 
the podcast about how technology is changing the world of communications. To subscribe to the podcast or share feedback, visit us online at ontherecordpodcast.com, on Twitter at ontherecord, or send email to ontherecordpodcast at gmail.com. On the Record Online is hosted by Eric Schwartzman, an independent online communications consultant whose clients include the U.S. Department of State, the United States Marine Corps, the U.S. Embassy of Greece, the Government of Singapore, Johnson & Johnson, Toyota, Southern California Edison, the Environmental Defense Fund, and dozens of small to medium-sized organizations. For information about engaging Eric Schwartzman as a speaker, social media trainer, or digital strategist, visit www.ericschwartzman.com or send email to eric at ericschwartzman.com.